0: Hello and welcome to Senior Living Simplified. I'm your host Christina Hodak. You know my background is geriatric nursing and I have over a decade of experience dealing with pretty much everything there is to do with senior living in one form or fashion. I have sat with countless families and spent a lot of hours talking to them about trying to juggle their own lives all while dealing with the complexities of maybe even trying to care for a loved one that's aging. That can be a lot to go through, which is where the development of the podcast came from. We wanted to have a place where people could come and get some information in just small bursts and segments and just kind of elaborate on all the different aspects that senior care has before there is a significant event, kind of arm yourself with some knowledge. So it's kind of like doing your homework. The only way I've ever known that you can get better at anything is just kind of diving in and finding out the information. So whether you are new to senior care, whether you have been in the industry for maybe 20, 30 plus years, it never hurts to hear information again. I personally find that I learned something new almost daily. And the only way you do that is to keep your mind open. So why don't we crack our books open and see what we can learn today on this episode of Senior Living Simplified. For today's episode, our focus is on hospice care and commonly ask questions. We might even dispel a few myths or two. We really wanna talk about what hospice is and what it is not. So please help me welcome my guest, Waldo Rios. Welcome. Waldo is a geriatric nurse practitioner and founder of Knights of Comfort Hospice and Palliative Care. Welcome.
1: Thank you for having us. Yeah, we, we appreciate it and we look forward to talking a little bit about what we do Uh, how we do it and um, why we do what we do.
0: Well, for the viewers out there, Waldo and I have worked together in uh, several different cases within the communities. I'm the executive director of Sage Oak, Assisted Living and Memory Care, and Waldo's company has aided a number of our families and just done a fantastic job. That's why I thought he would be a great resource to have on the show with us today. But before we start talking about hospice care and nights of comfort, why don't we take just a quick second to get to know you a little better, Walden? Sure,
1: sure. Uh, Really, thank you for uh, opening this platform to kind of diving into hospice. You know, that's uh, one of the things that we've Uh, Really taking uh, Upon us to kind of put it out there. Uh, Nobody likes to talk about hospice But it's very important because we're all on this journey. Uh, We all have an internal clock that uh, Is ticking and and, uh, it's very important to approach it with an open mind Um, But uh, really a little bit about me Um, uh, We'll first start with the name uh, this uh, get the elephant uh, in the room uh, address it Uh, uh, my name is Waldo, uh, but Um, uh, you know, and I I hear words Waldo all the time. I I probably heard it two times on the way over here uh, (laughs) uh, from a patient or a family uh, or some friends. Uh, But uh, my formal name is actually Waldfeld, a German uh, first name and uh, Rios uh, is my last name, Spanish uh, last name. And that came from my father who uh who was a classical music fanatic uh in nicaragua and that's where my family's from uh and uh, so he named me after mozart wolfgang mozart waltfeld uh and uh my older brother's name ludwig after beethoven and uh, my younger brother got the uh, egyptian name uh ramses uh, and my mother decided no more no more music names and so <laughs> Uh, Coincidentally, we actually ended up being classical musicians before I embarked on this medical career. Uh, uh, And uh, that started really in elementary school when uh, a 72-year-old retired violin professor came to PE. And uh, I can remember, you know, I was sitting there just wondering what this uh, gentleman was about to do, and he was recruiting for the orchestra program. uh, and so when he said, the only catch is if you join the orchestra program, you can, you, you're gonna have to skip PE. Uh, for me, it sounded like a deal. So uh, I, I decided to say, sign me up. A week later, you know, I was handed a violin and, uh, uh, you know, fast forward through it. Uh, um, uh, what ended up being a hobby uh, became something we were naturally gifted in. Uh, and I actually went to um, music school. In high school, I was part of a scholarship program with the Dallas Symphony that uh, really allowed me to take uh, private lessons from a Dallas Symphony uh, musician, uh, which otherwise our family wouldn't be able to afford. Uh, And that really led me to uh, go to a New England Conservatory, which is a music school. When I got there, um, as a way to escape the, the conservatory uh, lifestyle, music, performing, music, everything, chamber music, uh, orchestra, performances every other day. Um, I, I really kind of uh, uh, went, um, you know, in another direction just to kind of give my mind a, a mental break. And so I uh, went on this health and fitness journey that essentially led me coming back to Texas and uh, graduating in exercise physiology and then uh, uh, leading uh, exercise programs for uh, rehab, uh, rehabilitation uh, uh, for workers' comp and uh, physical therapy. And so, but then uh, that naturally led into exploring nursing as, a, uh, as, a, uh, as an opportunity to really kind of have a, an open mind in different pathways. And so, and then ultimately I decided to go to TCU for nursing school and ended up going to uh, University of South Alabama for my graduate studies in adult and geriatric care.
0: Awesome, thank you. You know, I started this by saying that uh, tend to learn something new every day mm-hmm. and I just did today I've known you but I didn't know you're a classical musician yep, yeah. so you can still learn things every day <laughs> I
1: don't look like a classical <laughs> musician but uh, uh, I, I can play a violin yeah, yeah, yeah
0: that's very cool I bet your patients love that too if you were to break that out yeah actually paper. I
1: have an opportunity to use it on uh, you know as a as one of the uh, therapies in in some of our communities well
0: I'm committing that to memory and we'll definitely talk more about sure. that for hours later. Sure. Well, so why don't we start with kind of defining hospice for the viewers. What is it? Um, what are some of the bullet points that you think are important sure. for people that have no knowledge of hospice? What, what's sure. something great that they could know?
1: Great question, really, because when, uh, when I Kind of landed in the hospice world and i'll kind of talk about that here in a minute i didn't even know really what hospice was i came from a hispanic family you know we don't talk about uh, death and dying uh, and so uh, really uh, that uh, made me really kind of open a door to something i didn't know was out there and uh, we'll start with the word hospice uh, which uh, its origin is uh, latin and it actually means guest or host and it actually originated in the 11th century um, uh, where you know uh, travelers and pilgrims were guests in people's homes as a hospitality measure, and uh, then later on in the Crusades, uh, you know uh, it was it's thought that the first hospice kind of originated uh, in dealing with terminally ill and injured um, uh, um, soldiers, and so. And that's actually kind of where the name Knights of Comfort started too. Uh, our logo is the knight, and, and um, uh, you know, we look at it as a representation of the heart in the middle, which if you look at our logo, there's a heart inside the helmet, and it really kind of drives our protecting, which is the helmet, the, 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 the heart of the patient and family. Uh, and really, uh, you know, as far as uh, hospice to what we know today, it really uh, was uh, revolutionized by a British physician, uh, very known, uh, her name is Cicely Sanders. She essentially revolutionized, uh, you know, the type of hospice care that we know today, the type of philosophy and uh, the many services that we've kind of come to understand. Um, and Really, um, the, the 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 hospice philosophy is to provide care for uh, and dignified care for those that are terminally ill and uh, and need us uh, during that time.
0: Yeah. So you say that hospice is for people that are terminally ill. How does someone know if they fit that definition? Mm-hmm. How, is it their physician that discusses that sure. with them, or yeah. would family just Maybe a physician hasn't told anybody, but families are curious. Would they also just reach out to you guys to find out?
1: Yeah, great question. Uh, Because uh, you know, I get a lot of families call us, and and they've never gone through this experience, and it can be real confusing when you know uh, you maybe hear from a family member or a friend that says, "Hey, have y'all considered hospice?" And you, you you don't know where to go from there. It usually naturally starts. Uh, uh, from a physician referral, so let's say I was a patient at a cancer center, and uh, I've tried therapies and chemo or radiation, and uh, none of it's worked. Well, um, you know, at that point, there's a very important decision to make. If progression of illness has uh, continued, uh, is uh, you know, what w- what is the next step? Uh, and, uh, that is, a uh, um, uh, the conversation that a, ph- a physician normally uh, initiates. Uh, uh, and usually where we begin is getting that referral from a physician. But in many instances, uh, we receive phone calls from families that are just looking for information. And frankly, we encourage that, uh, even if hospice hasn't even been spoken about, because sometimes. Um, uh, uh, Hospice is elected too late, where we don't have the opportunity to provide our services to its fullest potential. Um, And, um, you know, uh, 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 with, with every journey, it's different. We have patients that we have on service for a day. We have patients that we have on service for more than six months. Um, but, uh, it all starts with just, uh, 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 us understanding where a particular case is and kind of navigating from there.
0: Yeah. I agree with you that it's better for families, even if they don't know if they have a, ter- their family member has a terminal diagnosis or if there's not a clinician that's necessarily mm-hmm. initiated it. It's much better t- for them to reach out beforehand, get the information, because when you come to that fork in the road where you need to make that decision that's a very emotional time for a lot of families Mm -hmm. so getting the information when you're not in that terribly emotional state is going to be better for them in the long run because they will have had time to process the information before it's time to execute on that
1: i agree on that you know and and, uh that's why we like doing uh, you know podcasts like this where we can kind of explain and kind of uh, put the misconceptions to the side um, really seeking information and just asking questions and uh, kind of getting our take on, you know, certain uh, 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 where, where your loved one may be uh, is important. Uh, sometimes it's just really kind of hearing encouraging words, even if it doesn't mean that, uh, uh, you know, uh, this particular individual may be needing hospice. Ultimately, we're a community provider, so we'll point you in the right direction. And we're fortunate enough to work with people, you know, uh, like Christina and the Sejo communities where uh, they encourage open communication.
0: Yeah, that's something I can definitely attest to that happens with Knights of Comfort. We've had a fantastic track record of communication with you guys. And I can't tell you how much that's appreciated by us and the families that we serve together.
1: Sure, sure. Yeah and uh that that communication aspect is is uh very important. These families that call us or are needing hospice really just want they want a little hope in the midst of what may seem hopeless at that time. And so um uh, you know in collaboration with assisted living communities or you know family members uh, we like to approach it as, um, you know, we're real individuals. We're not here to sell a product. This isn't a product. This is a, 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 a service that comes from the heart. Uh, we take it uh, really as our ministry to really uh, deliver the type of care that I would want if it was my dad involved.
0: Yeah. Yeah so let's kind of dive into we'll assume that a family is ready to elect hospice they're needing to move forward and they've elected nights of comfort so one of the questions that i get a lot when i'm at the table across from these families is who pays for hospice so if you can talk a little bit about who pays for it mm-hmm. and then what benefits are included with Agreed. going on to the services
1: yeah that's a very common question, you know, who pays for it, how much does it cost? You know, we get that often. And uh, I was too surprised that uh, Medicare covers for, frankly, most of these services, including some private insurances too. And, you know, depending on each uh, agency, different, different agencies may accept different private uh, insurances, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Aetna, uh, Cigna and whatnot. Um, so it's, it's good to seek out that uh, hospice provider and ask them whether they take that insurance, but Medicare uh, essentially is our uh, primary uh, population group. Uh, and really, what does that include? Uh, when that decision has been made that hospice is uh, gonna um, be elected, uh, it covers medical equipment, so hospital beds, you know, wheelchairs, um, uh, oxygen, um, the, the the standard medical equipment, uh, uh, suction machines, and, and uh, really even things that may not be part of the standard, uh, you know, we, we, we look to cover too. Incontinent care supplies, like pull-ups, uh, briefs, and things like that, wipes, gloves, and um, that comes part of the, the, um, uh, uh, hospice benefit, but the really the, the core, um, uh, benefit of hospice is really the, uh, the uh, multidisciplinary aspect of care, uh, that includes the clinical care, physical, the, the emotional care, spiritual care, uh, not only for patient, but their family too. We're talking about, um, you know, nurses, nurse practitioners, physicians that are going to be actively involved in navigating through this um, uh, journey uh, and really uh, uh, molding it to fit what what you need. And uh, in addition to chaplains who focus on spiritual care and um, uh, social workers who are there to you know, help with arrangements or questions on advanced directives, et cetera. We also have, you know, music therapists, we have volunteers, we have um, uh, certified nursing aides that, that, that take care of uh, your loved one uh, on a day-to-day basis and, and so it's many different disciplines that are all well equipped to provide the care that, that, that uh, their loved one may need at that time. What does hospice not provide? Um, Well, uh, any sort of aggressive therapy, elective surgery, um, uh, you know, um, uh, 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 let's say elected hospice and want to seek curative treatment, you're not in a contract. So at any point in time, you can choose to actually get out of hospice. Uh, We need to know and, you know, keep in mind, it's not a contract, it's an election of service. So, and we always like to be upfront with families about that. Uh, um so it doesn't bind you to a certain um uh, you know uh election uh it's very fluid uh but it doesn't cover elective surgeries like you know hospitalizations funeral arrangements it doesn't uh cover funeral services uh um uh but uh, all in all it, it's uh the the hospice care benefit is pretty comprehensive uh, and uh, uh, really, depending on uh, what illness is involved, it kind of um, differs on what sort of needs may arise. So, for example, somebody with Alzheimer's may need, um, you know, uh, 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 more um, wound care supplies if they have a wound versus somebody that is, actively mobile and maybe has COPD or congestive heart failure or something like that. So it's very fluid in what we we provide.
0: Yeah, it's very individualized, mm-hmm. too. I think when you were talking about the fact that it's not a contract, you're not mm-hmm. committed. If you elect this service, there's no, you're still in control, right? Mm-hmm. The family's still in control. The patient, if they're still able to make those decisions, is still in control. I've seen it several times in my nursing career and as an executive director where someone that's with us, they're not doing so great in their current setting. They move in with us they elect hospice services and between hospice and the services that are provided and the community, all of a sudden they have all this extra care, they start doing better. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. they do want to get back into, maybe now they want to work on physical therapy to get stronger because they're doing so much better. They can come off of hospice. It's not a a life sentence. Correct. Essentially it's always their option.
1: Uh, Correct. Yeah. And it's, and uh, you know, we like to have those patients that actually graduate from a hospice program Mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, our goal isn't to um, withdraw improvement. Uh, On the contrary, our hope is that there is improvement enough that they, uh, that, uh, you know, our patients can actually um, benefit from this comprehensive style care and uh, hopefully reach a plateau where they can, um, you know, uh, graduate from hospice.
0: Yeah, I think that's definitely worth noting. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you a few myths. These are things that I have actually heard people believe from information that they probably heard secondhand more than looked into. But the first one is when when you're on hospice they take away all medications and I'm afraid my family is going to suffer because they need their inhaler. They need their hypertension medication mm-hmm. for bl- high blood pressure. So yeah. talk yeah. about that. A very
1: common myth. And uh, it's unfortunate because that deters a lot of families from kind of seeking, you know, uh, information, mm-hmm. but, um, no. And uh, on the contrary family is that is the core decision maker or patient, uh, is the core decision maker of, uh, what they want, you know? And so, uh, removing any sort of medications, uh, would only be uh, uh, brought up and if it's recommended. So, for example, we have patients that are actively declining. At that point, uh, perhaps some medications aren't tolerated in tablet form and they need to be switched in another form. And so, if it places the patient at risk, then the recommendation is always given, but it's not uh, it, its not forced. They're still and in control. Correct. And, uh, and uh, so we'd like to kind of be upfront on, um, and also really kind of do a comprehensive medication review to tell them the justification of each medication. A lot of families come to us and they have a list from maybe after rehab or after the hospital where they've been on uh, 30 meds and not even uh, they know what they're for. And so really consolidating them and making sure that they know what each one is for and why each one is given certain side effects that may affect their um uh, their uh, diagnosis is very important and we like to uh, more than anything educate on each medication
0: another commonly asked question that we get from families mm-hmm. is when they stop needing or they stop being hungry. They're not taking in fluids. They're afraid that their loved one is starving or they're going to be dehydrated. What is your response when families are Mm -hmm. concerned with nutrition?
1: Valid point and uh, a very common uh, question and concern we get. Top three of uh, most common questions asked, I think. uh, uh, Is my loved one starving to death? Uh, and, And that comes really from our um, uh, you know, our, our, our natural drive to eat two three times a day. Uh, when we're dealing with a particular illness, terminal illness, and a declining metabolic system, uh, different levels of um, uh, nutritional intake may be uh, counterproductive to comfort at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, really on a case-by-case basis, but What I like to tell families is when you and I are sick with the flu or with the virus, uh, sometimes we just want to go to sleep and not eat. Mm -hmm. Same thing happens but to a greater degree where multiple systemic uh, factors are affecting uh, the, the, the priority of a body asking for food and water. And it 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 follows a certain template, you know, the uh, a declining body uh, and a declining system, and uh, but a part of it comes from uh, uh, really being educated on uh, the 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 reason for continuing food and not ingesting food because on this end we're used to it. Um, in fact, uh, uh, research kind of shows that oral hydration via swabs, uh, to a certain degree, during the end life stages, is more comforting mm-hmm. than providing, you know, um, actual fluid because of aspiration risks. So there's many different factors to consider when we're talking about um, end of life care.
0: Yeah, the system doesn't have to work as hard. Correct. To do Correct. all of that. Yeah. Well. I am so glad that you came. I think that we could probably talk for far longer than we have today to really get into everything that you guys provide. But for people that are interested in hospice care or wanting to learn more about it, where can they locate you?
1: Yes, uh, you, you know, we're, uh, we, you can look at our website. It's knightsofcomfort.com, Nights with a K, K N I G H T S. There's also an email there, ask at knightsofcomfort.com. Um, but we encourage anybody to call really, if they're just looking, um, for information, uh, we, we like to speak with people and, um, you know, or if there, uh, is, uh, maybe a direction we can point you to, then we're more than happy to do so. And so thank you so much for allowing us to kind of speak with your listeners and, and we look forward to being guests here another time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. As always, if you or someone that you know is seeking out assisted living or memory care services, maybe you're just curious about it, please give me a call. You can always find us at thesageoak.com. You'll have my contact information on the banner there below. You can also always leave comments in the section and I'm happy to set up times to speak with anyone. So thank you for spending your time with us today and learning about hospice care and nights of comfort. And I look forward to seeing you guys back next time on our next episode of Senior Living Simplified. Mm